hello guys and welcome back to today's podcast just our scenes with one born fizzler is one i'm so glad to be your favorite podcast host and thanks to as many who tune into this podcast to listen i see your support i see how much you've invested and i really appreciate you guys okay now if you guys remember in our second edition or second episode for the second season we spoke about identity crisis and that was part one today we're going to be talking about part two yesterday sorry and last week we spoke on progress progress no so from having crisis from not understanding your self image from not from not understanding what you've been called out to do from not understanding what area you are to function or what area you are to develop to seeing progress as what god does primarily in us and through us it's like we saw in ezekiel 36 in verse 16 precisely god told the israelites that they were living a polluted life because they were living below the standard and the identity that he has erected or built or he has identified or placed so much weight on for them so they left his own image for them they left his own ideology for them so let us create man in our own image and likeness genesis 1 verse 26 and in 28 he said god made man then he blessed them he made them male and female so it was God's ideology that man should be like him. That means man should have an identity like he has an identity. And what is God's identity? He has an identity of dominion. He has an, an identity of sovereignty, of of being a ruler, of being a king, of being one who is able to change situations, of one who has a vast mind. That was why God could create whatever we are seeing now in just six days. So God has, he said, if you look at Psalm 8, he said, What is man that you are mindful of him and you have made him a little lower than angels? So God thinks highly of us. God has an identity of of of, of being of being superior, of being dominating, of being, you know, conquering, of being of being great. That is the identity he has. I don't wonder he told um Gideon in Judges chapter 6, he said, Almighty man of Valon, he said, Come and save your people Israel from the hands of the Midianites. So Gideon started seeing himself in such view, in such identity, in such image that God had created him with. That's why God said, Let us create man now, image and likeness. Who is God? God is the ruler of the heavens and the earth. He owns the universe. He's the creator, creative creator. He's beyond limit, he's beyond time. So you should understand that since God has created you in his personality, since he has created you in who is he, in who he is and not outside of him, then you are expected to appear in such charisma, expected to appear in such character, in such image, in such identity. It should not, it should not be anything less. And that was why when Jesus Christ came on earth, 
he demonstrated the image of God through him. No one, little wonder everywhere he did miracles. He said, this is what the Father has sent me. He said, don't you know that I am the Son of Man? Precisely in Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12, when he hid the paralyzed man, when the Pharisees were saying, how does this man think he is? That he can say to a man, your sins be forgiven. That is blasphemy. And he told them, he said, who? He said, why has the Son of Man came? So he understood his identity, he understood his place, he understood the role he came to play on earth. He understood that this is what I'm supposed to do, this, this is not what I'm supposed to do. So he made him fulfill mandate, to fulfill purpose because of that identity. There was no crisis, he didn't have to be involved in so many things before he could get to what he wanted to do. He understood the assignment, he understood the operation of his function, he understood the memorandum operant, the memorandum Randus Opirandi, he understood the different approach to whatever God has called him to be. He understood identity. So today we're going to be looking at identity crisis part two. Like we said before, crisis. Crisis is when you are at on ease. You are perturbed, easily disturbed. You are not in your state of calm. You're not in your in your rested state. You're always, you know, restless. You are restive. So identity crisis happens when you are trying to fit in into a character to help you in a particular situation, to help you adjust to life. Now. Jesus Christ, when he was about to die, he had to go pray to God. He said, Lord, if this your if he said, if it's possible, let this cup pass me by. But your will, Lord, let it be done. So on, from the onset, Jesus Christ understood he was to die for the world. But when he, he was approaching that purpose, it became it became and it became a heavy tax of duty. Just like for most of us, when we are approaching our adulthood, when we are approaching life, we we are like, when I was younger, I made plans for this. I knew I was prepared. But when it comes, we are asking ourselves, can we approach this? Can we get into this? So we try to develop characters. We try to develop images, identities that will help us cope a particular phase of our life. That will help us cope with it and, you know, just do things to help us. possibly get a way through so jesus christ was in that state because he was a human severally the pharisees tried to kill him to even kill him publicly but that was not the way he was to die so that was why he didn't lose focus of the main goal he didn't lose focus of this is who i am this is what god has made you to be and this is how i will end up so for most of us just like the pharisees were troubling jesus christ that, that's how life has been throwing a lot of circumstances a lot of situations at us a lot of things at us and we're asking ourselves can we survive it we are trying to be someone and we're trying to fit in, in someone else we are trying no the best thing you know the best way to overcome your problems is to approach them the way they come instead of thinking too highly of the problems think the way through think of solutions out of it it will help shape your identity more. It will reveal how creative you are. That's like when Jesus, when God wanted to create the world. He created animals. He created birds. He created the skies. He created, sorry, the sky. He created the waters. He created the land. He created so many beautiful things. But in the end, he said, ah, 
that there's no one that looks like us are we just going to be ruling over food over vegetation over so many things so because he understood his resolution because he understood the plans that he had already he was able to shape his character into bringing people like him so let us make my own image and likeness so there was no crisis so like i said before you must be self-aware in the first one you must understand who you are you must understand your personality you must understand this is what god has made me to be and i shouldn't live out of it i shouldn't live less of it i shouldn't live more of it like when i mean more of it i'm not saying you should not aspire to be more but when you add up other people's lives i want to make it yours it becomes more for you so being self-aware understanding that this is who i am this is what god has made me to be in his own image and likeness giving me his possibilities giving me his progress giving me the ability to function in a particular capacity that enough has formed my identity that enough has formed who i am that enough has formed my journey of becoming so god understood that man was to serve him Although, like he said in the Bible, that if you do not praise him, that you raise up stones. He knows that stones will not be able to have a relationship like him, like humanity. That was how he made man. So, so it, didn't, it didn't change his identity, but it, it helped us to understand that we can live above mediocrity, above where we are. Because God is beyond limits. That is that is identity. Now, I've given a short brief, a short and brief introduction. Let's go into what we want to do today. It's a very important um, point I want to buttress on. That was why this identity crisis or this topic was divided or slated into two parts: part one and part two. So today I was thinking of what should I say. I was trying to get a particular picture that I wrote down a few things. I was just using the rest of my just came out and I felt this word just dropped in my spirit. And I will share it. It says, Whatever takes your comfort and imposes too much load on you in your journey of becoming may pose a threat to what you are meant to be. For instance, you are having a difficulty adjusting to a particular life because everyone around you feels that is the real life. And you have tried severally to step into it, to just become it, to do it. And it's imposing a lot of threats to your destiny, imposing a lot of discomfort to you. Then that, my friend, is not your identity. It's not your journey. Your identity is your, is your, it's your belief. It's, as in, it's who you are. It's what makes you up. Is what you are becoming, is what you have become, is what you will be. That's your identity. The way people can identify, the way people can recognize you, your impact, your, you know, your 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 pursuits, your purpose, how you how you touch lives, how you do that, a lot of things. That is your identity. People identify you by what God has placed in you that is serving as a purpose, that is serving as a service to God and humanity. So whatever it is that is against that, we impose a threat on your becoming that which God has, you know, envisioned or he has imagined of you to be. He said, I know the plans that I have towards you. They are plans of good and not of evil to have an expected end, to have a final future. 
to have you know to have a beautiful and progressive future not a future that will end badly not a future that we you know that will take you out of what god envisioned while creating that is your identity it's nothing less it is nothing more your identity is in god is in it's in his intention behind why i say let us create your daily the way we are let us create the rules the way we are let us make man in our own image and likeness that is where your identity right uh, right uh, rest or lies on so anything that is outside that is taking you out of what god envisioned is a threat to what you are becoming and it will alternately destroy your your identity your purpose how do i know this let's look at at anchor and team text for today it is second timothy 2 verse 20 to 21 i'll be using two different bible versions i'll be using the message translation i'll be using the new king james version now let's use the new king james version and see how you can create how how threats can be imposed on your identity and how you can lose your identity how you can no so so today we're talking about threats to your becoming threats to your identity and after that, we'll just look at what God has for us. Now, threats to identity. Like I said before, God had a vision. God had an intention. God had a reason why he said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. Your identity confines in that. So, the fact that God created every human does not mean that he has given man every likely function although he said to subdue the earth he said the created man to worship him to serve him to to have dominion that is a general thing but that dominion is going to function in different capacity one may have dominion in the word of god it will dispense the word of god and you see he has dominion over territories some will pray for hours and they have dominion over territories some will do different things some could be singing and they have dominion over their nation, over their territory. So we all have been given a common identity, dominate, subdue as a man, as a woman created in the image, created in the intention of God, not by accident, not by mistake. He said, go and have dominion in different capacities, in different functionalities. In different offices so whatever it is that will impose a threat to what God said let us make one in our own image and likeness we short live your journey of becoming you may not understand identity you may continue living as a mediocre you will keep on following people there after year and there without understanding your own place on earth without understanding your place your mark in the world Great people are people who step out of the crowd, who step out of the box, and they say, "No, there's something different about me." That's why in in Romans one verse five or in Romans, when Apostle Paul was called, the Lord said, "said I have set you apart to be an apostle to the Gentiles." Now, when Jesus Christ gave the promise for the Holy Spirit to His disciples, He said, "You will be witnesses of the God of the gospel." He said, first in Judah, then to the Gentiles, then." to samaria they were given things jesus was specific the jews gentiles then 
Samaria than to the uttermost part of the world. But there was something about Apostle Sokol. Apostle Paul was called for the Gentiles, for those who were, who were deeper and lost in the things of God. So that was his identity. Although he did it through the apostolic and through the missionary work, but the identity was Apostle Paul, you are to save the Gentiles. So in understanding that he was set apart, he wasn't with the disciples, although he was still a minister ministering the gospel to as many he saw, but it was specifically for the Gentiles. He had dominion specifically over the Gentiles, unlike the apostles. So he understood his place. So that's why he had to spend over three years preparing himself. And he had to go show himself to the elders in Jerusalem before he started anything. So his identity, his purpose revealed every step, every principles that he had to use in winning in the purpose or in the identity God gave him. Although there were issues, there were issues came up where he had to speak with Apostle Peter and he said, this is why you're supposed to do this. And, this. and in, in the Jerusalem council about circumcision. So he understood that this is why I function. And for the Gentiles. And he sees God, he has sending me, he's sending me to the Gentiles and has given me a revelation that it, salvation is not based on circumcision. Then I have no cause to worry about if I'm on the right path or not. So there was no crisis. The only crisis came on Apostle Peter and others who said that those who were not circumcised were not supposed to be saved or cannot be saved because they cannot be seen as children of God. So because Apostle Paul understood this is where I function, there was no crisis for him. It was easy to function. It was easy to know this is where I'm supposed to be in the next place, through dreams, through revelations. So when there's a threat to your becoming, your identity is bound to experience crisis. Now, how do I know this? Like I said, Second Timothy 2, verse 20-21. I read from New King James Version. It says, In a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earthenware, and some for noble use. Note that. It says, Some are made of gold, that is, finest of material. Silver, the strongest of material. He said, some are made of wood, wood, back of tree. And some are made of earthy material, the clay, the sand, you see. And remember, the earth is the producer of the minerals and the trees in which these wooden, silver, and golden vessels are being made. So the earth should not be what downcasted or looked down on. He said, and some for noble use, noble, good use, great use. He said, and so for ignoble, for some, some are for things that are of no value at all. You may look at them like say, and say, this one is not important. Some are made for those unimportant things that you think are not important. He said, verse 21, if anyone purifies himself from what is unimportant, from what is ignoble, then you'll be a vessel for noble use. So that is, no matter the material in which you are being made of, whether it is of earth, whether it is of wood, whether it is of silver, of gold, that means even those in a high class gold and silver, they can miss their, they can miss their place. They can be substituted when they do not understand 
their purpose when they, not, when, they, when they do not understand their identity as the, the, the most precious of treasures on earth he said no matter what material they are being made of he said strive to be used for what is good strive to live out identity strive not to be confused about what god has made you to be no matter the capacity or no matter how you came to the earth no matter how you come from whether from rich family or whether from poor family whether from advantage or disadvantage he said don't look at the the container he said look at the content and how it can be used to produce something that is of importance that is of noble use do not look at the container or you see because he said he said strive he said purify so that is even those that are that are of finest material that are of finest treasure like the gold and silver they can be what they cannot be what they can they can be impurified or should i say they can they can they can be in a state of impurity no matter how fine they are and that was why I started with Identity Crisis Part 1. About people not understanding what God has made it, not understanding God's purpose for them. And in progress, I made mention of Ezekiel 36, verse 16. It said the Israelites were living a polluted life because they were looking at how other places were functioning. They were made in a vessel. I think it wasn't as goldish or as silverish as the other nations. So they tend to like these people are better than us because they are made of gold and silver, and we are just made of earth and of wood of, of wood. But they did not understand that those persons were not of importance as they were to God. Because it is with the Israelites God has had the covenant, not with any other nation. So they failed to recognize that and there was an there was an identity crisis that they wanted to start living like others and they were polluted. Now he said, if you must be noble, no matter the material, whether it is gold, whether it is diamond, or whether it is silver, whether it is copper, whether it is sand or wood, no matter your container, no matter your vessel, all of you are equal members of the same body, and all of you are what are not purified. Unless you purify yourself, that is when you be of noble use. That is when you be recommended for something great. Hallelujah. Now, let's continue. He said, then you will be a vessel for noble use. He said, consecrated and useful to the master of the house. Ready for any good work. Useful, noble, noble use. Useful, ready for any good work. That is what your identity pertains. Your identity your identity tells us that. He said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. Let's give him dominion to subdue the earth. If you were not useful to God, he wouldn't have made you. If you're not for noble use, he wouldn't have given you dominion. If you're not for good works, he wouldn't have asked you to be the ruler of every other thing that he has created. Hmm. God understood this. And that was why he gave man that identity. Let us make him in our own image and likeness. Every good and perfect gift comes from our father above. So, Everything from God is good and perfect. So he creating you in his own image, in his own identity, means that everything that should come out from you should be noble, should be of good works, and it should be useful to the master. 
It's no wonder in in Genesis, after God created everything, He said He looked at looked upon it and said that it was good. Everything God created said is good and it is useful, very useful. The natural things we are seeing around us, the trees, the plants, if they are not useful, we wouldn't have been eating them. Every single thing is useful to God. And that is why he said, if you must be useful, no matter the container you you are, you must be useful, you must purify yourself. And in two things I have mentioned, they said you must be of noble use. You must be useful and you must have good works. That is where your identity lies on. Your purpose should be noble. It should be useful to the master and should be of good works. These are three things that covers your identity. Anything more than anything less is it's it's is a threat to your identity. Anything that makes you useless to your master has eaten up who he has made you to be. It has eaten up what he has a vision for you. Now, let's look at the message translation. I didn't plan to take much of our time today. I love how the message translation put it. And it's packed a lot on me. Verse 20 to 21, they are together. I read now. It said, in a well-furnished kitchen. Well-furnished. No, just imagine a beautiful kitchen. It said, they are not only crystal goblets, you see? Yeah, it says crystal. You know, crystal shines. It's even reflective, self. It said, and silver platters. Silver. Very fine. You know, these white, silvery, you know, shines. Or sparkles. It said, but waste can and composed buckets. Some containers used to serve me fine meals. Others to take out the garbage. You see, so he is describing the wooden and the earthy ways that some of them are used for for what waste. Some are used for compost. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> he said some containers used to serve fine meals. He said others to take out the garbage. Verse twenty one become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift for his guest for their blessing hmm. king james version new king james version says be of noble use be useful and show good works now message translation is saying become that vessel ha. live up to that identity that god has for you that he can show forth to people just like in job just God told uh, Satan, he said, have you considered my servant Job that there is no like him on it? So understanding your identity and functioning in it, we make God boast of you and use you for any and every kind of service for the blessing of his people. Like I said before, your noble work your useful work and your good work they all cover your identity they all cover your purpose anything less than that is not what god wants for you look at what he said he said become that kind of container that kind of person that god can use to present his purpose on earth 
He said, any and every kind of gifting to his guests, that is to his children, in ministration, he said, for their blessings, what does purpose do? What does impact do? It blesses lives. And how do you live a purpose? You understand this is the identity I carry. I am a child of God, redeemed with the power of the Holy Ghost, with his giftings to manifest signs and wonders. I am not a medocra. I am an image of God. That is what God wants you to start seeing. I have dominion over sickness, over affliction, over reproach. I can pray and things will happen. I can fast and things will happen. I can speak and things will happen. I can come out today and I can fulfill purpose. I can be this. I can be that. I can command territories. I can have the best kinds of networking. That is what God thinks of you. That is what he sees about you. Nothing less. You can even say more because it is in God. He said to have an expected end. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. Apostle Timothy ended well. Apostle Paul ended well. By understanding this is who I am. He said, I am not who I am by my work. He said, but by the grace of God, I am who I am. You want to understand identity. You want to walk in it. Understand the grace that functions for you. Understand the call that functions. Just understand your capacity. Understand your container. And understand how you can manipulate it to be useful to God for any and every kind of gifting. To be a blessing to his guests. I love how my pastor put it. He said, Joshua was obedient. And his obedience was not seasonal. It wasn't based on conveniency. It wasn't based on, I'm convenient. I'll do it. He did it. He obeyed every single time. And he was of noble use. He was of good use. And he was useful. Say, become that container. That God can use to present any and every kind of gift. What did you say before in James 1 verse 17? That every good and perfect gift comes from God. So everything that you do is good and perfect. In as much as it comes from the revelation of the identity that you have in Christ. In as much as it comes from what God says in let us make my own image and likeness. So this prevents identity crisis. This prevents, I want to be this, I want to be that. It gives you a straight focus. This is what God wants. I do it per time. And why am I doing it? Because he wants to bless his guests. Because he wants to bless his children. Because he's, wow. I don't know if you have gotten something, but I have gotten something. So, Living above the threats to your becoming will help ameliorate. It will help alleviate. It will help curb every crisis to your identity, every unrest, every uncertainty, every unsurety to your destiny, to your identity, to your purpose. He has called you to do this. Do it. And there's something I wanted to share in Matthew chapter 10, from verse 9 to 10. 
when Jesus Christ was sending the disciples, the 70, he said, when you go there, he said, do not go for a money campaign. Do not go there like you are begging or looking for money or homes to stay. He said, if anybody shows you hospitality and houses you, he said, stay. He made mention of something using the message translation. He said, you are the equipment. He said, you need nothing like money. He said, you need nothing like like a, I don't know how to put this now. He said, you don't need any big thing. He said, you are the instrument. He said, you are the equipment. He said, the only thing that you need is just three square meters a day. You are done for that. You are done for the assignment. And because the disciples moved with that ideology that, yes, we are the equipment. We are the equipment. We are. We are. This is what God, yes, this is what Jesus Christ has envisioned us to be. So we are what he says we are. We are this and even more. That is it. Identity. And because they knew that, they 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 didn't, they were not fighting for who will go to this one's house. Or they were not fighting for money. They were not fighting for food. They were not, they did it at ease and they came back with results. You want to have results in your pursuit, in your purpose. Understand this principle that there's a grace of God for you that has to function in that capacity, in that purpose, in that operation that he has called you to, to, to operate in. Forgetting every other thing that people do, no matter the results it brings to them, you must look forth for your own results and what God wants to see as your result. That will help ameliorate. It will help, it will help stop every crisis and it will help you to live to the maximum of what God has created you to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, we're going to be wrapping it up today. We're going to be wrapping it up now. And I want to really, really appreciate you guys once again for, you know, tuning in. It has been a blessing to see that I speak to pe- to persons, to people, and they listen. I really appreciate you guys. It's not easy taking your time, your data, your resources. You are you anticipating when issue is in another podcast. When is- I just want to say thank you guys. So before I go, I really like to pray with our, with my listeners out there. I pray that today's message will be a blessing to everyone that has listened. May you not be carried away by the activities of people around you. May the Lord reveal your identity to you, just like he revealed to Jacob by changing his name. Through an encounter, Jacob's life changed forever. He knew what to pursue or not what to pursue. So will the Lord reveal his purpose, his identity for you, and you will not live in a pandemonic state, but you will live to the fullest of his capacity and vision, purpose for you in the name of Jesus Christ. For those who want to reconcile back to God, I pray that Father, you will please accept their souls. Lord, I pray that you forgive them their sins. As they say this prayer after me, dear Lord Jesus, I come before you today as my personal Lord and Savior. Father, please accept me today as your child. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. 
today I surrender all my sins before you at your feet. I ask that you wash me clean with your precious blood. Cleanse me from all the righteousness. Father, please erase my name from the book of death. I write my name in the book of life. Accept me today as your I accept you today as my personal Lord and Savior. Please accept me as your child. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for answering me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have just said that prayer, welcome to God's family. I assure you, if you keep up with constant Bible study, with prayers, with fellowship with believers, I assure you, you will do great works. The Lord bless you. Take care. Love you guys. Hi guys, welcome back to today's podcast. Host Austin's with one one precise one. I'm so happy to be your host. And today we're gonna to be looking at a topic youthful youthful exuberance. You can say youthful exuberance. Um this topic is not unfamiliar to many of us we are quite aware of the topic you see they must have taught it back then in secondary school or even giving it as orientation into the higher institution for those of us in nigeria beautiful exuberance it's when me personally when i hear it i always see a negative side to it other than the positive side you know Youthful exuberance in the normal sense is when youth, or should I say, when young people have unrestrained um, strength and unlimited, or should I say, uh, unrestricted, adventurous behavior. As in, when you see young people, youthful means. You, are, you behave young or behave younger than you are. And his own parents is having unrestrained enthusiasm or joy. And this enthusiasm or joy, it's based on a particular thing. It's, it's based on practically what the youth wants to do or what the youth wants to, you know, want to achieve per time. Now, there are negative sides to it because anything that is unchecked or anything that is unbalanced would always result in in excess. It will always result in, in your word, excess usage. An excess usage of a thing, it's not always healthy. For instance, youthful exuberance is telling us that youths have unrestrained or unlimited um, enthusiasm or vigor or strength or energy now if that energy enthusiasm is not channeled to the right direction but channeled to a direction of waste then we can say that that enthusiasm or youthful exuberance is negative and it's going to impact negatively on any young person and if you get me, because there's one thing about young people, we want to venture 
out. We want to try out so many things. We want to take risks. But then when the risk is not calculated, when the risk is not checked, when we do not understand the foundation or the basis for anything, we tend to jump into what is able to 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 to, to harm us or in the name of being youthful and not minding the effect. If you look around you today, for most youths, you see them venturing into different things in life, whether it is positive or negative, but in as much as they feel that their youthfulness is being put in practice, they just they just want to do it. They just want they just want to get involved in things. How do we know this? Luke 15 from his 11 to 35. He said, and there was a man with two sons. He said, then Jesus said, Luke 15, 11. I'm using the Passion Translation. Jesus said, once there was a father who had two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me my share of your estate? So this guy, he was active at a young age. He felt like, my father is very rich, so if you give me half, so I, shall, so I can go and do something for myself and I can prove to him that, yes, I, I, I have the vigor or I have the enthusiasm to put my own property into use. But there was something he did. He didn't measure out what he was going to do with a part of the father's property or with the money or with the part of the father's estate that was being given to him. That is where most youths miss it. We want to be exuberant. We do not want to be controlled. We do not want to be limited to a, to a particular frame of energy or a particular thing. We want to venture into so many things. We want, we want to explore the world. We want to explore things. But then when our exploration is not based on, on, on a specified plan, in achieving something worthwhile for ourselves, it tends to be wasted and we get disappointed. That is where priority is important. This is your property with your father. And he knows that you are being youthful. And as a youthful person, you should you should have youthful ideas. That is ideas that are fresh, ideas that are strong, ideas that are energetic, ideas that 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 are that are enthusiastic that when anybody says the person wants to jump into it already person when the person hears the person wants to jump into it so the father was thinking okay my son i believe probably has come to the age of maturity but then the father understood that this son was going out without a plan without placing his 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 his, his plans by priority i guess the father knew the kind of lifestyle this boy had but he did not want to stop him because he felt it was time for him to experience such an exploration and the father said okay no problem he didn't hinder anything for him so he gave him part of what he said so the father went ahead and distributed within the two sons their inheritance shortly afterward the young son packed up all his belongings just imagine exuberance he's energetic he said and traveled off to see the world exploration adventurous he said he journeyed to a far off land where he soon wasted all he how all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living i believe this young man this young man had i believe this young man 
had had a goal that when he leaves town with the half of his father's estate he was going to make home with returns he was going to make home with something bigger and better i guess that was his plan but because he lacked priority because he lacked effective planning because he lacked an understanding of why he was young and what he was capable of doing he wasted the resources he wasted it so exuberance is is it's in the natural sense is great because as teenagers who are developing into adulthood or into young persons or young adults we would get to a stage where we want to explore different areas in our lives we want to learn skills we want to get our degrees we want to travel around but then exuberance gets negative or youthful exuberance gets negative once we dwell on not checking or balancing our desires like the young man did he, he fine he got access to whatever he wanted but there was no check or balance there was nobody there like there was no father figure he just took his property and left just imagine so he wanted results but outside the stewardship after outside the the mentorship or the care of his immediate family that's what useful exuberance is useful exuberance is when we want to be independent of our family but dependent on friends dependent on other persons because we feel like they know what's happening we, we feel like where they are is where it's happening so we become independent of our families so this young man he felt like okay their, their father had trapped him in the house making him go above the family's business so when he left the father he went with his friends he became very exuberant he came very very you know he had no restraint his joy for you know for fulfilling his 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 uh, his material urges his you know i guess i think he wasted the money he said with everything spent and nothing left he said he grew hungry because there was a f- severe famine in that land he said and he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living so youthful exuberance when not checked it leads to it leads to recklessness it attracts the wrong people it attracts the, the wrong pair it makes us end up in ways we never expected wanted to end up when we do not check it when we fail to 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 to, to like you know in nigeria now specifically we have three arms of government. Uh, we have the uh, executive, legislative, and judiciary. Now, these three arms are expected to check and balance each other so that no particular arm exercises more power that was given to it, to, to it. So it must exercise a power limited to it by the constitution. So now, youthful exuberance, we as youths, we are young full of life energetic strong vigorous we are lively but then for each of these lively gifts given to us there is a restriction we must understand how it works and not waste the gift of youthfulness the bible said that remember the lord the lord your god in the days of your youth why because it is in your youthful age that you'll be active to serve him 
it is in your youthful age you you be, you be able to explore and have the 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 unrestrained time in service to him service to him uh, let's look at something he said yeah he said recklessness and risk taking during this stage there's a desire for adventure not considering the risks or the effects so they challenge themselves to do crazy unusual activities like drinking a full bottle of alcohol in a cup driving at extreme speed smoking sex observation and drug fantasies so youthful exuberance is an exploration of the body of the mind of one's of one's activities not minding the effects we just want to be around people who will not tell us sit here we do not want to be under the the, the 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 leadership of our parents, under the leadership of people who are who our caregivers or people who are to take care of us, who are as mentors. We just want to explore things. We just want to be out there doing that, doing this and that. Remember in the first season we spoke about peer pressure, about how the father and the mother called the child and said be mindful of your friends he said when sinners entice you said consent not to tell you that there's no limit to when the devil would throw um, temptations at you there's no limit to which um, people or your pair would make you want to exuberant there's no limit to these things to this to this adventure to this exploration but it takes discipline it takes it takes you understanding where you are headed just imagine if that young man in luke 15 had understood that okay my father at least gave me half of his property if he had thought of investing if he had prioritized the importance of the gift that the father gave him if he had prioritized me coming back with results i believe he going to a far off country wouldn't have been wasted but he didn't make any plan he didn't prioritize his family or his or his well-being before going out he just he just went out and exposed himself to anything he said independence at this stage they prefer not to be told what to do they prefer to make their own decisions they want to be independent of their family but dependent on their peers see they want to they want to make decisions on their own not, not knowing that they are still young and being young would expose you to, to so many folks or to so many uh, uh, wolves out there. Being young means that you are gullible, you are vulnerable. Being young means that you are, you are easily exposed. Because you are not wise, you are unlearned, you are still growing up. So that the devil, Satan, or people around you use that as an advantage to them and make sure you live a wasteful life. It's a rebellion. This is disobedience to authority. You see, rebellion starts coming up at this stage. They possess this trait of rebellion. They would rather listen to advice from peers than the elder. Just imagine that was what happened in the time of, I think, Rehoboam. He gave birth to his, to, to his own. And that son became king of the town on becoming the king he said of him to take counsel from the elders because he took counsel and the elders told him that he should reduce the affliction that that his father afflicted on them that they were old then he said okay he has head and i said he will go and take counsel from younger persons like him pay pressure so when he took counsel from the younger persons 
they told him that no that he should increase their work that he should even introduce serpents and scorpions to bite these elderly people once they do not do their work and introduce a lot of punishments and he said that is what he was going to do i was going to listen to the youths on doing that their kingdom was divided in his time and the and ten ten tribes left israel he was left with two tribes and i and i'm sure among those people that left him the youths were not with him the same thing happened to Tamar and her brother Tamar was a beautiful girl the brother told her said come I want to live with you because he was young he wanted to explore the, do- the, the sister he wanted to explore the, 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 he wanted to have a sex exploration because he had friends who were who were who were who were exposed he had friends who were loose he had friends who didn't pay much attention to authority who live their life based on the the enthusiasm of their youthfulness based on the strength of their youthfulness and because of that he lived with his sister only with his sister the brother got angry absalom absalom said he was going to kill him from there peace and peace left the house of david there was unrest so once you and the, this young girl she def, the, she tore her garment of virginity and i'm sure nothing was ever heard of her again in israel and from the bible said that she lost her glory so youthful exuberance why not why not checked why not put in place why not curbed why not controlled by discipline it exposes one to wastefulness to recklessness to destruction Causes of youthful exuberance have peer pressure and societal pressure. The effect of peer pressure causes youth to indulge in social activities that would normally sound uninteresting. Things that do not give, as in, on in when you listen to them or when you see them, on a normal basis or naturally, these things do not give any benefit. They are not beneficial. They are not interesting. But what youthful exuberance causes that you see young people engaging in such activities activities that are able or capable of taking their peace or taking their lives they just things that are uninteresting you see themselves being a part of it and you have poor parenting when parents lose train their children they can easily be influenced by anything just look imagine king david he saw another man's wife and laid with her although he cried for forgiveness but it's 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 it 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 went deep into his family that it was a foundation that he erected that his sons were always having marital issues that the son Absalom kept was sleeping with his wives on the rooftop of his palace king solomon got married to 700 women and had 300 concubines his other son defied the sister so poor parenting it can be a foundation where youthful exuberance can 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 destroy or waste the life of a young person Puberty, when you say that you are maturing, when you say that you are developing, instead of you to take counsel from your parents and see what you can do to help you understand that stage of development, you choose to explore. So the changes in the body of youth and the whole allergy that they are now mature creates an argument for such behaviors. So when you start seeing that you are getting sexually, you are getting secondary sexual characteristics, you feel like you are getting matured. So you have the right to explore or you have you have every 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 own restraint to just go ahead and explore with your body then media influence you see these movies these tvs you see things that we see on the internet 
what people say what 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 the social media says what what tv program says nowadays what they promote would would make any young person want to explore whatever they see on tv whether they see or what they see on social media going to say, this is a great source of information good and bad alike is a youth copy a lot of things from what they watch see and hear on televisions and their phones said so this contributes to useful exuberance for instance challenges done on social media platforms such as drinking challenges thank you and that's the challenges are widely done by youth. Some of these challenges are good, why some are bad, but nevertheless, all is copied and practiced by young people. So when you see like there's a drinking competition or challenge on, on the TV, and you see people of your age doing it, you see people of your age drinking. I know of a friend who would not even dare get close to 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 a drink. Once the, if if the parents have not given him a go ahead to drink it, but then, of recent I just saw he started drinking alcohol, as in when I mean wine, wine, drinks that you know normally it's for elderly people, it's for the adults to drink. I saw a young boy at at his young age, he was taking such drinks, going for any kind and for any and every kind of party, exposing he or herself to to so many uninteresting things online on the internet and it's and when it comes to this that it affects his mind it affects his socialization it affects his thinking he just wants to keep exploring things another thing that causes youth for exuberance is depression and self-esteem certain times depression self-esteem the ideology of trying to fit in makes some people want to try everything or do weird things so feel happy just because you feel like you are left behind just because you feel like you do not fit you want to you want to be a part of this that was what you want to be a part of it you want to explore how what happened to the young man in look 15 i guess it was his pairs you saw his pairs traveling up and down doing a lot of things moving with lots of girls doing a lot of things he told the father i said please share your property share your property and the father had not died though but he needed his own and when he was given because he wanted to photocopy other people's life because he want because his self-esteem was strengthened he wasted the resources he said he lived a reckless life he said he lived an extravagant life and in the end he ended up eating with pigs it was later I realized. And when he came back to the father in verse 24, the father said, he said, you were dead, but now you are alive. He said, you were blind, but now you see. So when we continuously explore youthful exuberance, when we continuously expose ourselves to these things that, that to this, should I say, youthful explorations, to these um, ad, uh, adventurous lifestyles that are unchecked and unbalanced, we are living in blindness. We are living in 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 should i say we are living less of ourselves we are living in a manner where we do not understand what god has placed in us where as in we are just trying to fit in we're just trying to find a place which god doesn't want for us and this this is what causes identity crisis i could say previously when you want to fit in when you want to explore the world as your mates are exploring when you want to do things that they are doing not minding the effect not minding what it it it, it brings about your future not minding whether it wastes your destiny or not you, we can re- regard you as being blind or being dead 
so it is it, it was when the the guy or the young boy realized that oh this thing i wasted my time just imagine he wasted his life i believe in that space of time he could have if he was with the father he would have been able to produce farmlands like his dad he would have been able to produce estates but because of his pairs, because he wanted to fit in, because he just wanted to explore life at an early stage, he wasted years, he wasted time that he had to go and restart again for the beginning. And the father told him, he said, you now see. He said, you were, you were lost, but now you have been found. So your identity would demand that you, you live based on the details of God for your life, based on... The, the, the mandate of God for your life not as the world lives not as your peers say let's do this not as, the, not as the social media or the media does not by influence or by peer pressure but by living to the fullness of your, of your resources of the things that God has placed in you so when you do not understand who you are, do not understand crisis, so if you do not understand your identity, there's going to be crisis. And crisis causes wastage. It causes reckless living. Because you use every resources at your disposal at that time to ensure that you cover up that crisis. And it will never cover it up until you start working in the foundation or in the knowledge of who you are. That, that boy, he was the son of... I think to the richest farmer in town but because he didn't understand that he too could have been better than the father and because he didn't understand the right channel to go about greatness he thought it was the father's property or he thought it was money that was responsible for the father's you know for the father's um, wealth or state it was later he realized he said ah so I have a father I've been wasting all this wealth that is what it does. Useful exuberance. It makes you waste time. It makes you waste, waste your energy on 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 frivolous matters. He said, "If, if okay, now let's look at effects of useful exuberance. Youth at an early stage are exposed to many things which could have a positive or negative effect on them. Some of the positive parts of youthful exuberance include innovation and creativity. You want to explore. Yes, you you think outside the box. So that young man." The father, that money or the property that the father gave him was enough to start up his own business. So once you channel your exuberance to the right path, it leads to innovation and creativity. This surge of energy and willingness to try new things could be channeled into science, technology and art. Anywhere you love, educationally, skill-wise, digitally. He said anything that may be of passion and interest to the individual. Secondly, social services. With good reports, youth could be incorporated into social services or activities such as community football team, dance team, singing groups, and teaching services where you are able to volunteer. You want to explore. How can I be a part of my community? How can I be a blessing to the people around me? These are the ways youthful exuberance can bring positive results or positive impact or positive effects where you explore. And you get ideas on how to save. A percentage of resources and funds gathered from the activities would be given to them and the order to the community. Learning of new things outside academic work, such as taking a business leadership or programming class, sometimes that serves as a boost to his or her what academic. So when you channel your exuberance, your enthusiasm to learn or to explore, to be aventurous, it can help you learn skills outside your academic work we can be useful it can even act as 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 
as uh, as 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 your CV. You can even cover up for for your CV. Or probably when you are applying to a school, they ask, "Have you done community service? Have do you know this skill? Do you know how to do that?" So you are able to stand up and say, "Yes, I explored well." I my time I channeled it to the right things. I have gained knowledge. I've gained skills in this area, in that area, outside my academic work, and it can attract, you know, it can attract like minds. I can even attract employees or teams that would want to work with you in building something profitable and beneficial. I remember when I was in hundred level, my first year in the university, I channeled my time. There was a time we were at home for one year due to the pandemic and strike. I channeled my time to understanding business and how the digital market works. So from there, I got I got opportunities in the business world or entrepreneurship world. And I was able to meet with wonderful persons. And with that, I was able to learn so many things. And my idea on business and pitching, it got refined. I was able to understand things. I was able to, 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 to see things. clearly and i explored a lot outside academics and it really benefited me that i was earning i was working and even earning outside the nigerian currency so once you you channel your exuberance to the right place it's not going to be wasteful instead it's, it's going it's going to add up to you it's going to add value to you such okay now why the negative impact of useful Exuberance, if not controlled and properly channeled, include the following said drug addiction, pregnancy, abortion from premarital sex, because you want to explore the body sexually because you feel like I am not mature, poverty, excess and unwanted expenditure on parties, training clothes, drinks, drugs, death as a young youth in this stage or person in the stage of life they say you try to dare activities this could lead to loss of all their lives probably you are drinking always drinking and you said okay ah, and they gave you a car you told your friend that i want to drive in your drug state and from over speed you're from losing concentration you can die in the way or you take hard drugs you, you smoke it can lead to cancer it can lead to destruction of the liver which can kill you in the end the participation in violation of societal rules you can be involved in courtism you can be involved in in polluting your environment you can be involved in in theft the loss of cultural values and disobedience people can no longer trace a a a a a a a value in you they can no longer trace a sense of belonging or responsibility in you the society sees you as a nuisance you are irresponsible and lazy, sickness and mental issues on drug abuse. So where there are just this considering negative effects of useful escapades, there's an endless list of opportunities found in discovering self, if properly guided. Like we said before, the identity crisis. You want to do well, you must understand what the Lord has called you for. You must understand his place for you you must understand where he wants you to function in understanding that there'll be no crisis there'll be no there'll be no efforts to 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 fit in to avoid wastage so i would advise our youth out there if not you've been caught in this trap of wasting of 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 being exposed to any and every kind of lifestyle whether it is pleasing or not pleasing but you know it is wasting because i would advise that today you turn a new leaf i would advise that you reconsider your your steps you reconsider your living you reconsider 
you, your your activities reconsider and rechannel your energy your efforts to what god wants you to be because the more you waste the more the generation coming after you will waste just imagine look at king david just one act it went down to his fourth generation so you may feel like ah, it's my life i'm living my life to the fullest no you are saying life is short we know life is short but you know that life starts at cavalry life doesn't start at 40. life doesn't start on the parties or the activities you do life starts at cavalry life's big we, we we make sense life we begin to have a sense of meaning once you have come to understand that which god has placed in you and start working in it so if you want to rededicate your life to christ please say after me dear lord jesus i come before you today as my personal lord and savior i ask that you forgive me my sins i ask that you rechannel my purpose you rechannel my activities to your identity and your purpose for my life i ask that you take me away from the midst of ungodly association Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Lord, today, blot out my name from the book of death. I write my name in the book of life. Today, I accept just my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. So, if you have just said that prayer, welcome to God's family and hoping to see you guys next time. God bless you.